Welcome to Facts Roundtable, a podcast dedicated to navigating life with food allergies across the lifespan. Presented in a welcoming format with interviews and open discussions, each episode will explore a specific topic, leaving you with the facts to know or use. Information presented via this podcast is educational and not intended to provide individual medical advice. Please consult with your personal board-certified allergist or healthcare providers for advice specific to your situation. Hi, everyone. I'm Caroline Mawasasi, and I am your host for the Fact Roundtable podcast. I am a food allergy parent, advocate, and the founder of the Grateful Foodie blog, and I am Fact's Vice President of Community Relations. Before we start today, I just want to take a moment and thank the National Peanut Board for their kind sponsorship of today's show and for all of their support over the years. Welcome back, Elisa, to Facts Roundtable Podcast. Today is going to be yet another wonderful conversation with you. Thanks so much, Caroline. It's great to be back and to be able to have conversation with you and share some stuff with our listeners. Wonderful. So before we discuss how to support and uplift parents and caregivers of children with food allergies, can you share with listeners your background as an EQ expert, coaching professional, and being a parent of young children who live with food allergies, but also you do more than just those things that I listed. So if you don't mind sharing this with everyone, that would be fantastic. Absolutely. My connection to food allergies really started because of my daughter just dealing with her health issues over the years, finding out when she was about 13 months old that she had a significant number of food allergies, which then eventually ended up with EOE, you know, which is it's kind of has a connection to that, doing some like safety training for local childcare programs and realizing that people needed more. A lot of the families were in need of coaching to try to just, you know, even have balance in their lives. So it gave me an opportunity for my own personal reasons, as well as those who I was working with to be able to start getting into the the mindset of EQ, because EQ was at the forefront of everything, the way that we change, the way that we help each other, the way that we support one another, the way that we make decisions, it's all in that space. And so with that in mind, started doing that. uh, And then eventually, the, the diversity inclusion part kind of came in there because I realized that although we are so similar in so many ways, culturally speaking, ethnically speaking, from so different social classes, part of the, parts of the country, parts of the world, there are some differences there. And we have to take those things into consideration and not just put this blanket one size fits all type of solution out there because you lose people that way. So with that in mind, I got into this DEI world, and here I am today. Well, and I'm happy you joined our food allergy community. I mean, not happy that you had to do it because you had a child with a health condition, but happy that you decided to choose us and to advocate with us. You and I go way back, and your advocacy work and how you've impacted the community has just been fantastic. Thank you so much for that. We do go way back. I just like to say we're part of almost like the old timers club or has some of the kids call it kind of like it from an urban slang perspective, the OG club, right? Is what we are, you know? So we, we've been around for a while, supporting each other for a while, seeing each other's children grow up 
and really seeing uh, some of the challenges that other families have gone through and even seeing them now and being able to kind of come from that perspective of wisdom with, you know, being an elder of sorts in this community, learning new things and having people learn things from us as well. It really is beautiful. Let's start exploring the term ally. This small word has such big meaning. So can you share with us the definition of what an ally is and then why an ally can have such a powerful impact on a person's life? So the word ally is a really interesting word. We hear that a lot even with our governments, right? You know, countries that are allies to one another that are in it for a similar cause and and working to support one another. And that word is so transferable in so many communities, whether it be in the food allergy community, the black community, uh, the when women's community, LGBTQ plus community, the Asian community, we can all be an ally to one another. We can all support each other in the disability community, for instance, you know, and the common goal is to be able to help everyone have the best human experience possible. And each and every one of us has a role in that. Our roles might be different. Some people might be more comfortable being out on the front lines, whereas other people might be behind the scenes and and doing things to change policy and working in healthcare systems to make sure that there are some equitable resources and opportunities for people. So being an ally is using your ability to speak with and echo others, not necessarily speak for them, but to speak with and to echo them. So now let's go a little deeper here. Turning to the management of food allergy, how can someone be an ally to a parent or caregiver of someone living with food allergies? Every one of us has an opportunity to exercise our privilege in different environments. There's earned privilege, there's unearned privilege. I've talked about that before. I'll continue to talk about that. If you are, for instance, in the healthcare world and you have any measure of influence whatsoever, you have the ability to be an ally for a family, for a parent, for a caregiver, to be able to have conversations on their behalf when they're not there so that they can speak for themselves when they are there, to be able to echo some of the things that they're experiencing, to be able to keep your eyes open and say, hey, this person's speaking, let's hear this person. You can do that also when it comes to schools by thinking about policy changes and and hearing people listening to what their needs are and being able to say, I've got some influence in this space. I'm going to listen to these folks and make sure that they're also being heard and their needs are taken into consideration. Being an ally, you can show up in so many places to do that. It's if you see something, say something, often within your level of comfort, but also more importantly, within your level of influence. Can you give us a couple of examples of where we might see an ally in action? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The first one, like I mentioned, was for schools, for instance, right? So in a school setting, maybe there's something like PTA that's putting together programs that are after school, or, you know, there could be something cheerleading squad or a football squad. And another parent is in charge of maybe the food, or maybe some of the products or things of that nature that would be beneficial to the students. That person really could listen to the needs of what that parent is telling everybody about for their particular child and say, 
this is my sphere of influence here. I have an opportunity now to be able to think about what the menu looks like, to be able to talk to the coaches and the teachers and other administrators in the school to be able to say that we need to be more inclusive in this space. When they're echoing those voices, the more that we hear something over and over, the first time we hear something, we can be resistant to change, right? But then we hear that same thing over and over and we're echoing that. It becomes normalized. It becomes something that we then are a little more able to, I guess, embrace from a change perspective. And that's what we need. We need people to realize we're not asking for anything other than the things that everyone should have. Every child should have access at an aftercare program or an extracurricular program to have snacks or to have different things and not have to worry about their safety in, in that way. So you can be an ally there in the physician's world. As a physician, when you know that these things need to happen in different families, maybe there's cultural differences, right, in a particular family, and you know that talking to them about a specific food that they typically eat could really be a trigger point. It could be a tough point for them. Having those conversations, even with your colleagues, to talk to them about why they're actually getting resistance from certain folks that they've actually been managing. When people start complaining about things, you can be an ally to have the conversation to help them see things from a different perspective. So touching on the workplace, how in the workplace can someone be an ally? I know there are protections in place to keep a person's personal information about health conditions private, but how can you address this in the workplace where say you know your coworker has an allergy, how would you go about becoming an ally in that situation? Oftentimes it's just as simple as asking them what they need. How can you support them? What can you do? How can you make it easier for them? How can you make sure that you're on the same side of things with them in that situation? Or, hey, Jane, hey, Joe, I happen to know that there's an event that's coming up. And at this event, they're looking at trying to pick out a menu. Did you want to talk about that? Did you want me to talk about that? How did you want to handle that? Because I want to make sure that you're included just as well as everyone else. When it comes to adults, especially who have food allergies, it's a lot easier just by simply having the conversation. Some people don't want as much attention brought to their issues, whereas others are more you know, forthright and more out in the open. But at the same time, when you're talking to them from the perspective of you're looking to try to help provide a safe space for them, that changes the game for conversation because they realize that you're now on their side and that they also have support in that space because we never know. They might have been kind of like pushed down before when they brought up those sorts of things. But when they realize that people are on their side, it kind of helps people to be able to stand up a little more. So having those conversations and again, your sphere of influence is important. Even asking, you know, is there something that we both can eat? Can I bring something? Can we do something together? so that they don't feel alone. So taking that concept and circling actually back to the school environment, if you are a parent and you know there's another child in the classroom that has a food allergy and you want to become an ally, would it be appropriate then to go to that parent and say, hey, look, I see you have a child with a food allergy here. How can I best support you? 
in that case, it's kind of like a sticky situation because you don't really know how everyone's going to receive that. You know, some people might have their defenses up because they've dealt with a lot of things over the years and they may really feel though you might understand some things with food allergies, you might not really know the way that I know with with my child and I'm a little bit concerned and apprehensive. One way that you can do that instead is to have a conversation with the teacher and have the teacher act as the conduit between you and the parent, letting them know that there is another parent who is willing to support you, willing to be an ally, willing to help. Would you be open to that? And at that point, that's when you can start to have those conversations. Because if we try to do too much, then sometimes it can feel like we're trying to take over a situation and the person might not actually want that. So we don't want to overstep when it comes to being an ally. It's always better to ask and to support wherever you can. That just brings me right to my next question to you is how do you stay in that ally zone versus trying to save somebody or overtake the situation? Because I think there's a fine line, just like you were saying, it's very easy to overstep your boundaries. So do you have any tips on how to keep yourself in check? Absolutely. So there, the thing is, oftentimes when we overstep, it's about our own impulsivity. And that goes back to, and I'm going to jump into, I'm going to put my EQ hat on now. And that jump, that it goes back to being self-aware, taking a moment to pause before you speak, taking a moment to pause before you act, because although you have good intentions, those good intentions can often be overshadowed by a lot of emotions because people are going through a lot of things when they're dealing with their children that have special health care concerns. There might be issues that they've had with the school. There might be issues they've had with another caregiver or a parent or somebody else. So we kind of don't know what people are bringing with them in their bag of life. So in those cases, it's really about, you know, checking yourself. And even if you know more, you know more, right? But In that particular case, we don't want to alienate people. We don't want people to feel like we're trying to come across as better than or knowing more. Instead, we want to be the ally that's there in a space of support. So always asking, is there something that I can do to help? Is there something that would support you better in this situation? Those are better ways to do that. And checking yourself, what do they say in that song? Check yourself before you wreck yourself, right? Uh, it's all about your own self-awareness and awareness of others. Pay attention to body language and the way that people respond to you. We judge ourselves based on our intention, but the world judges us based on the behavior that comes from the intention. Very true. Very wise words. As adults, is there a way to safely and properly become an ally to children? As a parent, my children were on many teams. And so, you know, as a parent, you would be driving carpool or helping move groups of little kids on field trips. Is there a way to appropriately remain an ally so that you're, again, don't cross a boundary? Again, same thing, uh, using the opportunity to speak to the coaches and to the teachers 
Are there any special needs I need to be aware of when I bring snacks? Is there anything that I need to be concerned about? So that you're also bringing it to their attention so they see that it's not just important to that family, but it's important to all families. Because people need to understand when you're dealing with kids and especially with these after school activities and all these programs and things of that nature, they imagine going on a trip, going to the football game, the cheerleading game, whatever squad, soccer game, whatever, and someone gets sick, everybody's impacted by that, right? And it's something that's tough, really tough for the child. It's also tough for their friends because they care about that person. And we don't want any of them, especially the one who's affected, to be able to have to experience that. And we also don't want to have to have that for the kids as well. So bringing that front of mind, saying to the coach, I'm here to help. Let me know what I need to do. And then if you do know that there's an allergy type of situation, also doing what you can to try to befriend the parents in any way that you can that's not pushing over the line of boundaries. Some people just don't want to be friends with other people. That's just the way that they are. But that doesn't mean that you can't call to task the school or the after school program or the PTA to be mindful of the top nine allergens because they can do that as well. So now let's go a little broader with this. We are talking about how to become an ally to a person like a parent and a child. What about a community? You know, a lot of our listeners are support group leaders, and so they're out there making change in their community. So how do you become an ally to a group within your own community? Maybe, you know, a different area in town or a different school or a different group within your community. How do you become an ally to a larger group? A great way to become an ally to a larger group, especially in a community, is to find the local community centers. Find out where people are. Find out where they go and go with an air of curiosity. Go with the sense of learning, not going in to just give all of your information and to tell everybody what they need to do, but instead going in and saying, I need to learn about people in this community. What makes sense for people in this community? Community centers are terrific for that sort of stuff. Also, depending on what the community is, sometimes local churches even having those conversations to be able to leave literature there and getting to know people so you're more of a friendly face. Some people just are not going to be very welcoming to certain groups that come into their community because of historical issues that they've actually had with folks, even though they need support in those spaces. So in order to be an ally, you You've got to be able to build a sense of trust, especially in this case, because this could potentially be a life-threatening issue. And when it's something like that, people need to be able to trust that you really are on the same side as them. And sometimes it takes a little bit of time to be able to build that trust. So definitely the community centers, having conversations, learning about different groups, people needs in that community. You know, what are the things that they do in this community? What's important? Where did our tax dollars go in this community? What are they lacking in this community? And really being there, sometimes going to the food bank and volunteering. We've volunteered at food banks. I've worked with organizations that actually provide things for shelters in a couple of different states to make sure that the Shelters even had things that were more friendly to people who had had allergies. So there are a lot of ways that you can do it, but you have to be uh, the person who's willing to be open to learning. Thank you again. This has been amazing with all these wonderful tips, but our time is coming to the end today. So do you have anything else you would like to share with listeners? Being an ally is not a one-stop shop. It's also not something at times that comes natural to us, especially when it's an issue that we don't necessarily live with or deal with. 
But if you have a heart of compassion for other people, take your time, pause, pay attention to the journey, learn, and even if you mess up, be willing and open to say, I'm sorry. Tell me what else I need to do because I'm really in this to help and not to harm. I could listen to you all day long. Do you know this? And listeners, I want you to know, I take notes and I put them on little cards and I put them around whenever (laughs) we talk to Elisa Word, because you always bring us really interesting and important pieces of information in ways that I can understand and ways that we can all understand and digest and take action with. So I can't thank you enough for sharing your knowledge with us, your compassion and your intelligence. I know you're an incredibly busy woman. So thank you so much for your time today. Obviously, we are delighted. And I am honored to be on the fact team with you. So thank you so much, Elisa. Thank you, Caroline, for having me back again. I always love coming and sharing some information. We're going to have a lot of great stuff coming up soon on FACT's website to kind of support some of the conversations that we're having. So I look forward to doing more work in the community. And you know what? People can always reach out if they have a question or they need something. Well, I'll make sure everyone gets your email on how to reach out. And thank you. Thank you. Before we say goodbye, I just want to take a moment to say thank you once again to the National Peanut Board for sponsoring today's highly informative show. Thank you for listening to FACTS Roundtable Podcast. Stay tuned for future episodes coming soon. Please subscribe, leave a review, and listen to our podcast on Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Have a great day and always be kind to one another.